Ultra. Back to Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze, celebrate, and you knew this was coming, Pete, Spider-Man 3, one best friend brawl minute at a time. I'm Zach Luna. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Dapper Dan Gavostin, here for the best of enemies discussion that we got going on. <laughs> Welcome back, yeah. Absolutely. We, uh, have to... I want to paint a picture for everybody at home. <laughs> Please do, yeah. You know, because uh, we are here, you know, we're doing this live I'm here in Scott's apartment, and, you know, it's just, like, bedecked in all kinds of, like, nerdery. There's Spider-Man every inch of the wall, <laughs> you know. Uh, there's this kind of, like, mist, you know. In the, it's, the air is thick with Spider-Man and comics nerdery. Yeah, yeah. That's, Dan, that's the green I, mist. Dan, yeah. Dan, did you swim to an island uh, sometime recently? Because I think you may be hallucinating <laughs> some things. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what you don't know is like Scott is like in a Ben Riley Spider-Man costume <laughs> at the very moment. Yeah. Well, we couldn't both be wearing the Peter Parker one. I mean, right. Just the gauche. Are uh, you are you borrowing his underoos? Uh, no, it's no, it's my own. We custom make all of them. Got it's it. Gotta okay. Be fit all to right. Your own. I just want everybody at home to have no illusions about what they're listening to. <laughs> I'm glad uh, yeah. that we're having no illusions today on minute 18, uh, which is of course the minute that begins with Peter getting straight snatched off his scooter. And ends with Harry punching into a brick wall as Peter leaps out of the way and sticks on the side of a building. Yeah. This is this is the good stuff. Folks. This is it's it's hard for me to decide which is the best action sequence of this the Raimi trilogy, if it's this mm-hmm. or if it's the Sandman fight in the subway tunnel Ooh, later. Yeah. Because they're both so friggin' good. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to compare this and the train sequence. Oh, no. we love the train sequence. We're we, just we love the about... train sequence, but then we broke it down last season. We were like, oh, there's some weird stuff happening here that doesn't make a lot of sense. Obviously, the emotional impact of the train sequence is the best of any yes. action sequence by far. By obviously. far. No question. But like the actual design of the action and things that are happening... It's Spider-Man Three is when they the big the big guns come out. Yeah, this sure. I prefer this wildly over the Sandman train sequence. Yeah, mm-hmm. just because I feel like I have a much better sense of like the space involved. I think that the kind of feel to it's a bit better. It could be that like yes, it's a lot of CGI, but like they still feel like people. Whereas Sandman is just kind of this. Uh, more ambiguous concept of a person. Sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah. Um, is he sand? Is he a man? <laughs> I, I like What's the, the deal. I like the recognizable locations. I mean, like we get a very cool moment around the Empire State, State Building yeah. in this, um, and the way the fight like evolves too. It's like in multi- oh, yeah. multiple stages, which we'll be talking about over the next few minutes. Do you remember when this movie was nearing its release? And they released this scene online, and it was what? like it was a huge deal. What this I didn't is, know that this is the scene they chose to release online. Was I this mean, good scene. choice? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Dang. excellent choice. Excellent choice. Uh, but this was this was the scene they released online, which was like I believe one of the first examples of that happening. Yeah, of, of like a blockbuster releasing a scene online. 
as we go through it moment to moment, I'm going to point out some reasons why, to back up why I think this is like the height uh, of it all. And I think is also indicative of what makes this uniquely a Spider-Man fight. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when we get to it, I, I have a couple points I've already got written down here. Awesome. Yeah. Um, <coughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh, so, okay, so starting at the beginning, uh, Peter getting snatched off his bike. Is and then and all right, bye bye moped. Um, that thing yes. is uh, gone. It's also <laughs> and his helmet too. And his just helmet, like whoosh, Oof. they're both gone. So many memories for Spider Man too. <laughs> Tossed to the wayside. Yeah. Um, and these these initial like that initial move where he snatched off is still like real like footage of New York City in those plates. It's not till they get up off the, excuse me, off the ground that it becomes like full CGI fest. Right. But the the. It's pretty seamless the transition, I think. Well, and it's and it looks better because they set this at night. Because they yeah. set this se- this sequence at night, all of the CGI just works like gangbusters. Well, that's the trick that like CGI artists use to know, right? Like mm-hmm. it seems like today, like CGI is a lost art. You know? Yeah. Same with movie posters. So- somewhere graphic design died. Yeah. But yeah, uh, or was like lost to time. But the same is true with CGI. Like they're overconfident these days, and I feel like this movie. We could probably make it a bit brighter today, you know, but like it's it's the the illusion maintained because of the darkness. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Uh and, and and not for nothing, but Bill Pope is uh really, really good at DPing this sort of thing. Yeah. Right. Like knowing how to shoot it so it integrates well. Um, yeah. like I found this old article um from uh American what was it American Society of Cinematographers where Bill Pope was talking a little bit about his work on this um, film and he talked about for this sequence, which is one of the first things they started started shooting at all for the for the film was right. getting green screen elements for it. They built moving lighting rigs in the the green screen soundstage so that once they planned out with previs all of the the motions that were going to happen uh, with all the characters, he would they would make moving lighting rig, rigs that would match the type of lights you would see in New York City at night. And so when Peter is like, when Tobey Maguire is up there like doing his swinging around, they have lights whizzing past him because he would be moving forward at a certain speed and the lighting that would move across his face would go in that direction. And they like planned it all out in computer control. Like insane. We've insane. come a long way from these movies not knowing how wind works with the <laughs> spider-man again <laughs> yeah. <in> the first <laughs> film <laughs> yeah and like so when people just like totally write off spider-man 3 i i feel like you're missing out on some of the coolest stuff yeah because this is amazing well yeah. what makes this fight scene so great is and i'm glad you brought up the spider-man again is that like you can't get away with that here because you're seeing peter completely revealed you right know? and yes. so you get the emotion of that and um you know i think in the n- upcoming minutes we're gonna see Peter get really slammed around a lot, mm-hmm. and like it really kind of like shows you like he's a dude. I mean, here we see him; he gets slammed into a brick wall, like, and it feels way more physical and way more um, powerful as an action moment because we don't get that kind of flight of fancy of him in a costume. Right? Yeah. It looks like a dude being just yanked just around brutalized. New York City. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I, I love that about this sequence. The other thing that I like about this minute in particular because. Um, you know, this gets this this changes at the end of the minute. But for the majority of this minute, Peter has no idea who he's fighting. And I yeah. love that. Yeah. He's just like, oh, God damn it. Another <laughs> super villain. <laughs> ah, these damn hoverboard ninjas. <laughs> yeah. 
That old Parker luck strikes again. Yeah, I mean, this this is... Uh, I have a lot of issues with this. I think this costume sucks. Like, it's so bland, and, and it's just... Oh, the new goblin suit. Yeah, 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 yeah. No yeah. personality to it whatsoever, which sucks. Um, and then, uh, and and you know, the snowboarder mask to match the snowboarder <laughs> board, <laughs> the board, <laughs> the, the the goblin board. Um, but then I also have an issue where it's like the the practicality of the glider in the first film. You kind of got the sense of how he maneuvers that thing because it has the wings that bend up and down mm-hmm. as if to say like okay if i push my left leg down more i would turn to the left whereas if i bent it down the opposite direction i would turn more to the right yeah. and by balancing them i go straight like you kind of get the sense of generally how it would probably work or or at least what you're going for yeah this thing i have no idea how he is even controlling this it doesn't no. make any sense nothing is intuitive about the thing no yeah i always figured he had some kind of like hand remote where he's like kind of rotating the jets while also balancing or yeah. Something like that. yeah i i i think you're probably right in 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 theorizing that my problem with that is who's helping harry build this stuff then because he is not smart enough to create that technology <laughs> like right before norman passed he like had this real like 1995 fixation where he's like <laughs> let me make something really rad you know like <laughs> snowboard yeah. hot let's get into it extreme bro <laughs> yeah. um, I, I'm, I'm something of a extreme myself <laughs> <laughs> it looks like so yeah you stopped here to look at the bottom of the thing it's like there's like 10 jets in different directions. Yeah, like there's different uh, like booster jets and yeah. then there's also like the big two um mm-hmm. uh like fan things, I don't know what you call it, turbines. Turbines, basically. yeah. So I guess uh, some combination of turning those on and off or pointing them different directions. And I and I, I like the that part of it. Like I don't have any issue with how the board works. It's oh, just, just how does he how does he control it? Yeah, how yeah, yeah, yeah know yeah. how to do that. You know, yeah. it reminds me of like the vulture wings from Homecoming. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 that yeah. like intuitive magic tech but without i don't know i feel like it's slightly more um uh justified in that one just because the, the long time frame we have the time jump we have and the fact that he's the tinkerer working for him right. to make this stuff right whereas this i'm like i don't know does he have like an implant in his brain that like just record oh, i want to go here now and it just follows yeah something did he go into the matrix yes. and learn how to do this <laughs> stuff i I don't know. Well, this is such a visually Bill you know, Pope stunning, was the DP for stunning, the Matrix, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a visually stunning minute altogether. Like, I mean, yes, we may not love the costume and it's like weird three bladed Batman ness. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I love the kind of like like we were saying the nighttime stuff. But it adds a layer a layer of like romance to this fight. It, it's mm. very like kind of dimly lit. And there's a sort of like to go along with the marriage kind of theme. It feels very like, I, I mean, it's violent, but it's like it, it's a it's a subdued kind of like, like quiet violence that I I like so much about it. Yeah, um, yeah. And it New feels York very personal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. about a relationship breaking down, not about right. a murder. About which to is take which place. is why when when people say that this movie had too many villains, I've been like, there there is only one villain in the movie. There are antagonists. There are obstacles. But this story, he is not a villain in this. He is, it is continuing the story of Peter and Harry. That's what all this is. He's not really a villain. Not really. Like, this is not about him being a villain. This is about their interpersonal relationship. Yeah. Um, And this, this fight is the same thing as if they didn't have superpowers and two friends just were, like, wrestling on the ground. Like, 
That's what yeah. this is. Yeah, like um, at some friend's party where an argument gets too heated and then two friends fight. Right. Yeah. Like Iron Man 2. <laughs> <laughs> we said without superpowers. Well, oh, yeah. te- technically yeah, technically yeah, yeah. they don't have superpowers um, in Iron Man. But, but yeah, so I mean, you know... I. This could use a little more space to breathe, for sure. But mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's ultimately just a just a story about these two friends. Like that's what this fight is about, and uh, I like that about this. The personal stakes in this sequence is what elevates it. I think to uh, becoming probably the best action sequence in the trilogy. Yeah. I love the pacing of it too. The quick cuts to all the like you know the the cut ins mm-hmm. of all the details of the blades or the uh, you know mm-hmm. the fans or whatever or Peter's reactions, and then we get these really wide long one take shots where they're really just showing off how much their technology has developed since the first film, where they can really show these people doing like sustained action in the air. Mm-hmm. And to me, the stunner of this you know mo- moment is Peter shooting the impact webbing. Ben Riley style at um, Harry while swinging around the Empire State Building. Yeah. Although I, I still don't quite understand where his web is attaching to. <laughs> like, there's no building adjacent to the Empire State Building that he's hanging off of. I think it might be like the very um, top of the spire or something. Yeah, like, that's yeah, what I got. perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's what I was thinking. He's just swinging around that. But I, I just, I love that and it, the choreography of this. Of yes. Like, understanding exactly what is happening. You're never confused about where we are, why things are happening, like him swinging around and then him coming after him and cutting the 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 web so that he falls and then he grabs him and pushes him into the brick wall like every you get and understand the physics of everything. There's no water balloon Spider-Man in this sequence. I yeah. just don't even know how you begin to uh construct a sequence like this, you know, to make it this visually coherent, especially back then with the so technology. Ambitious. Yeah. 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 Um, and there's, they keep layering more and more onto it, which we'll talk to in future minutes. Like, you know, not only is it pacing, we soon get like sound elements added in and things like that. So, well, the problem, the problem now, I mean, the way that Marvel Studios does it now is that's just second unit. They just, they, they create the action sequences when a director is hired, they hire directors who have no action experience. They're like, well, I don't know how to shoot action, so I can't do this. Don't worry about the action. We'll take care of that. You shoot everything else. And right. so you get it'll all never of, feel integrated the same way. Exactly. Yeah. It all feels kind of samey because it's literally the same group of people making every action sequence in every Marvel Studios movie. Sure. Yeah. This is just it, it has such energy to it, such a unique yeah. um feels very distinctly Sam Raimi. Yeah, it's specific to this type of story. Yeah. There's a great shot in this where Peter is kind of impacted into the wall and the camera rises over Harry's back and it looks like the cover to like a comic. You know, it's yeah. a very like posing villain standing over the defeated hero, which is like an interesting thing that we like to talk about on my show is that uh, oftentimes on the covers of Spider-Man comics he's defeated. And you don't see that a lot with other heroes, like oh. where the, pre- the predominance of Spider-Man's covers are him losing. And that's a unique thing to, to Spider-Man. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so him getting slammed into this brick wall. Um, I love this. Like, I love this. Uh, I, I love that he is just propped in there. Like, he's just, <laughs> yeah. he's just stuck in there. And, and it, he's kind of unconscious. Like, he's losing consciousness. 
and he just he's got she's got the crap eaten out of him. Like it's not a thing where it's like, oh, you got thrown into a brick wall and you just get up and keep moving. He's just like, no, that hurt. That yeah. hurt a lot. Yeah. That hurt a lot. Uh, I'm out for the count for a second. It's <laughs> like a Dragon Ball Z fight. Yeah. In, in points <laughs> in yeah. here, you know, like because you do you for, like I said earlier, you forget that there's humans inside those costumes, and here it's being made pl- painfully obvious. Right. Yeah, it 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 feels way more impactful than any of the other like you know costume characters smashing our action figures together type of fights uh, yeah. in the series to this point. Um, I will say though, I feel like James Franco could never really pull off the like I'm the angry goblin in the in the suit thing. He just seems really uncomfortable doing that kind of stuff. I don't disagree, but I kind of like that from Harry because I never bought it from Harry just in general. In yeah, I, I see what you're saying. He just looks sillier. Like mm-hmm. he's like I'm doing the Power Rangers villain thing now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what I yeah. mean. <laughs> Um, I do kind of wish, like, I wish they had done something to make his costume look a little more goblin-esque. Like, I wish there was, like, a mouth integrated on the on the mouthpiece or something. Mm. Like, What if they gave him, like, a debilitating disease that, like, <laughs> caused his body to, like, slowly reject? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and get a weird hairstyle in the process? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That would have been good. Um, I will <laughs> say, though, um, if there's one thing I hate the most about this costume, it's the retractable helmets. And I think at the time it wasn't such a problem. But this has now become a plague. It, it, it is the number one plague of Marvel costume design to me. Ugh. Is that, like... Everybody has the nanotech or the one button. Like even Ant Man has got the. I push the button and my helmet somehow goes disappears. Bu- disappears. Yeah. You know? Like just give me a friggin' real helmet. Helmet. Yeah. 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 I. I. You know, on the on the weekend bugle, there's like a running joke about how frustrated I get about some of the CGI costumes in these movies, and uh, I. Th- I think for me it is because I. You know, as a kid, one of my main connections to Spider-Man as a character was, like, trying to make my own Spidey costume. And, you know, I continued that into adulthood even to the point where I, you know, sometimes made costumes for, for, for movies. That there is a certain thrill to me of the idea of the when Spider-Man is on set. If you looked at Spider-Man, it's really Spider-Man, you know, because he's right. wearing a real mask. And well, you remember how much publicity they get out of that, too. Like, there was that whole bit of, like... Um, him playing basketball with the kids, right? You know? like, yeah. They really like to blow that up, but then it's like, ah, we're not really doing that anymore. Yes, like know? we can't do that if it's just a CGI thing on your head. Right. I, and I, I get that it's much easier to shoot that way. It allows you to do the on and off quickly with your actors and sure. not having to swap things out. But there is, I CGI is amazing. Um, most of the time, it's still not imperceptibly amazing, you know. And part of me just wants to feel that. When they're making a Spidey movie, Spider-Man looked like Spidey, which is why at least I like that, like in Far From Home, that like the main suit, they built a real one. But right. a lot of times these things, like with the mask, I just want to know there's a mask. I yeah. just want to know. Yeah. It is. True. It would be really disappointing to find out that you're a Spider-Man actor and get on there like, here's the triangle suit that you're going to wear, <laughs> yeah. you know, so that we our computers can pick it up and you never get to wear a Spider-Man costume. Yeah, because I yeah. don't think he ever gets to wear, he's ever gotten to wear a practical Iron Spidey suit. Nope, never. There, that it, it, it exists because there is one that they built for the like that scene where he turns it down, right? That was real. Like in the case? No, that was CGI. Are you serious? Seriously, yeah. They have That's never almost built... fitting for the Iron Spider suit, though, that it's not a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> it should be, but, you know. Yeah, you know. <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, it's... 
what the the go-to phrase that Tom Holland always has for it is like the suit they designed was so fantastical that it could not exist in real life. So oh I never got God. to wear it. And I'm just like that's such a bummer. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, but on the other side of things, uh, you know, they use it for when he's like walking around and doing like non-action stuff. And then in the action stuff, they do the CGI costume. But yeah, uh, you know, and then you you don't end up with scenes like uh, in Spider-Man 2 with the spider wedgie. Uh, right. Yeah. Oh. You don't get you don't get that. So I don't know. You win some, you lose some, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> There's, we've eliminated the possibility of a Hal Sparks uh, whistling his way back in. Yeah. So I guess that's, uh, that's points for that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a character arc I wanted to fulfill in this movie. <laughs> what happened to Guy with Dog? In the uh, elevator in Spider-Man 2. Um, so there's a lot going on when Peter says Harry. When when the, the mask gets retracted and he reveals that he is Harry Osborn. When Peter says Harry, there's a lot going on in that moment because not only is he surprised that it's Harry, but then it's also like, wait a minute, you're still mad at me, but now you know that your dad was the goblin? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Like, like there's, a, there's like a lot happening in that moment. Yeah. He's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, right. <laughs> Clearly, you're aware of more now. Yeah. <laughs> I so, promised your dad I wouldn't tell you. Now you found it out yourself. Yeah. This was made a little bit easier in like the comics, you know. So like this moment happens in Amazing Spider-Man 135 to 137. Mm -hmm. 135 is where Harry, like, as Peter's roommate, discovers, you know, that because he's kind of in the fit of rage he, he's been a bit of a drug addict you know um there's these drug code issues that like famously had uh harry kind of overdosing on L lsd and um and Thanks. now um you know harry is still peter's roommate who he's kind of ignoring and and peter's kind of dating mary jane who is harry's ex so there's a bit of that there and while peter's in the shower harry finds the spider-man costume in his like drawer mm -hmm. which ah. n n you know not a great place to hide your costume that's you, true. You know. in your drawer uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that one's yeah. on you pete yeah, yeah. It, in fact i think it's like hanging out of his drawer like, yeah it's like all right peter maybe could exercise some more caution <laughs> at least there. peter in this movie keeps it in a suitcase and in the bottom of his closet right you know? yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah he does something at least <laughs> yeah um, so but you know but you know what i'll, I'll say this for Harry in the comics. If you're so upset about uh, Peter dating Mary Jane, maybe he shouldn't have grew out that Fu Manchu. Oh, the oh. Fu Manchu <laughs> is bad. It's bad. I think that's. I think that was uh, the first problem. I it's only like an issue though. So like uh, you know, he got rid of it quick. I know, but that's a real red flag Ooh. for Mary Jane. There's also P Mary Jane's <laughs> short haircut. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, I remember. That's that. like an issue. And then yeah. she's like, my hair grew instantly. Yeah. <laughs> <God>. Magic. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, so like this is the whole thing that's played out through. A lot, and I guess in the comics it makes a little more sense because he's kind of just outright out of his mind anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Um. I yeah. I just love the practicality of this wall. I I fear. I feel for the uh, tenants in that building behind them, <laughs> uh, and what they're probably going through uh, during this fight. It sounds like uh, their 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 whole place is uh, coming down. Yeah. How do you get a butt print out of a wall? <laughs> I don't know. There's like bricks missing from that butt print. What are you gonna do? Um, oh, man. I don't know. I I just I sure hope that nothing worse happens to that wall. Yeah. 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 I suppose like, it just. I don't think it will. Yeah, I mean, what else could possibly happen? Possibly to it? happen to it at this point. Um. <laughs> the well, the way this minute ends is fabulous. You know, like Peter flips out of the way of his punch, where he yeah. looks quite aggrieved, and uh, you know that upside down conversation thing. It's like. 
a very uniquely Spider-Man thing. And again, I feel like a lot of the movies after this and uh, post the Raimi series have really focused less on the kind of particular physical attributes that Spider-Man brings to these scenarios. Mm-hmm. I think the first Amazing Spider-Man did some good stuff with it with the lizard fight in the yeah, school where he's on the yeah. ceiling. Yeah. But um, like other than that, like I feel like we've we've moved more into Peter's kind of like a character, the kind of jokey young guy that he is, mm-hmm. but less a, more away from this the fantastic stuff that the attributes of Spider-Man brings to him, like having a conversation while you're upside down. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, have we ever seen in the other two with the other two Spider-Men? Have we seen them like talking while hanging upside down? Has that ever happened? We've well, seen we s- him s- sideways while talking in Homecoming. Yeah, uh-huh. and we've seen him talking to his suit lady Karen while upside down, like he's hanging from a web on the ceiling and like reading a thing. Oh, yeah, that's upside right. Down. Okay, yeah. that was that's cool. Um, I like that. And there's one, and there's one bit where he's in his bedroom with Ned and he's upside down, but he's like hanging from his bunk bed. So does that really count? Right. You know, like I could do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's been uh, and it's been too long since I've seen the amazing movie, so I can't remember really. Yeah. I just I want more just like things that would be fun to draw. Does that make sense? Like yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like stuff where you're you're playing with the unique angles that Spider Man creates, all elbows yeah. and knees and whatnot. I mean, they they did an upside down kiss in that 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 first movie and it you know they went through a lot to do it yeah and uh, torture like waterboarding basically <laughs> uh in order to pull that off and it was literally the last iconic kiss in cinematic history yeah there hasn't been another one since that that was the last <laughs> one that was literally the last one whoa that's they went upside down that's about that's about as far as we're able to <laughs> yeah. get. yeah yeah like what, what, what invent new dimensions yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they, but they factor <laughs> but they went really far to accomplish that yeah and they don't do it anymore and it's so strange i'm trying to imagine what like a fourth dimensional kiss is I'm thinking it's like Blade Runner 2049, where it's like, <laughs> I'm inside of you. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. Was that iconic, though, or was that just I don't think creepy? anybody yeah. saw it, but to me it was. <laughs> I sub Blade Runner 2049. I like that movie. Yeah, um, that's a great, I think it's yeah, a great like time, original. Yeah, or like time-traveling kiss something, you know? That's yeah. the fourth dimension, right? Maybe something. Yeah. Well, it didn't even have to be that, just like, you I'm know. kissing you from 1955. Or just framing the kiss as the like you know ultimate moment type thing. I mean, obviously we still have people kissing movies. Like that's not yeah, gone away. Right. But the idea of like a cinematic kiss being Ew, like gross. a moment you refer to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That like that has that reaction. Like uh, like in the Princess Bride or something, where like the kid is like, oh, is this a kissing book or whatever? But by the time they get to the end of that, they have the like the framing of you know five kisses this that were rated the best in the world, and this one blew them all away. Right. It's a type right. of like where the music swells and the movie lets you know like this is this is the thing. Yeah. Where'd but that go. Uh, but but regardless of the kissing, I was more referencing the fact that like they made him do that upside down because that's what that's how Spider-Man would kiss. Right. In real life. Upside down. And yeah. They made him plug his nose with Vaseline and cotton balls in order to do it. And now they're not doing anything like as like Spider-Man is that. You know? They yeah. tried to reference it in Spider-Man: Homecoming when he's kind of like upside down on the elevator shaft, yeah, before yeah. he falls. Um, yeah, but it's a joke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. jokes yeah. are fun. Jokes are fine. But you know, I want to bring this full circle. I think Spider-Man's upside down right now. I think he should kiss Harry. What do you think? <laughs> I think that's what's coming next. Oh man, if he had just like kissed him on the forehead and ran away, <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> See you later, bud. Yeah, yeah. That might work. I mean, who knows? Uh, what, what, anything could happen in tomorrow's minute. That's true. Yeah, we will. Uh, we'll we'll find out uh, tomorrow. 
but uh, you know, you should check out other podcasts. Uh, and uh, one that I think you should definitely check out is a little one called uh, The Amazing uh, Spider Talk. Uh, why don't you tell people about it, Dan? Oh yeah, that's my podcast. It oh is. my gosh! Yeah. Oh wow! It's it's actually about Spider Man. No way! No, I know it's it's the amazing. <laughs> There's Spider other talk. podcasts that do that. <laughs> there are plenty, but uh, <laughs> but let me tell you about mine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we've been doing it for about six years now, and uh, uh, we cover all the new issues of Amazing Spider Man that comes out, and. Um, we, uh, you know, that's that's the thing we do. But we, our main show is the seasons where we're working our way through the history of Spider-Man as a transmedia figure. So wow. I hope to have you guys on when we get to the uh, era of the movies. Yeah. Um, but right now we're in the middle of the Bronze Age, which is basically kicked off by the death of Gwen in the comics, and oh, we've discussed wow. the TV shows and uh, toys and all the other things. We're basically trying to cover all of Spider-Man as a property moving through time, and I. Uh, I would say about every other episode, we have a major creator or guest on our show uh, to talk about some element of Spider-Man that we're talking about that week. So, you know, this week we had uh, J.M. DeMatteis on to talk about Marvel Team-Up, the comic series, which was wow. launched in the 70s, and his role in writing those books. And uh, we also, you know, had him on to talk about actually Harry and Peter's uh, relationship as he wrote in his famous The Child Within and Best of Enemies Storylines which showed you know Peter and Harry as the Green Goblin kind of coming to their final battle. Um, so we brought him on to talk about how that relationship was developed, and um, you know we try to get everybody from all eras of comics to come on talk about our topics as we work through because everybody has a relationship to Spider Man who writes for Marvel. Yeah, right. So um, it's really exciting. So you know we kind of bill ourselves as the past, present, and future of Spider Man. We cover a little bit of everything, but if you want to know more about Spider Man. In all facets of the character, you know, check out the amazing Spider Talk podcast. Yes. Beautifully said. Absolutely. Uh, all right. And uh, we will uh, wrap it up there. We'll be back uh, tomorrow with Minute 19 and uh, more in, uh, more of Dan uh, tomorrow. More of me. Yeah. All right. I like this. <laughs> yes. Bye, Bye. everybody. Bye. Bye.